0: Good evening. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. Good morning. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. It's Big
1: Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck.
2: Oh, good afternoon. Uh, Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Justin. I'm here with my
0: friends, Will and Tom. That's just to reassure you, you can listen to this podcast at any time. It's true. All day long. Live, always. And, and with your friends. Yeah.
1: You can get it any time of day. That's right.
0: Uh, yeah. So, uh, we got an interesting episode tonight.
1: Yeah. We're going to learn something, right?
0: Yeah. This is, is going to be quite a course tonight. But before we get into that, those are you guys' weeks. We
1: got. Oh, wow. Go just sure. Yeah. Uh Shoot.
2: weeks fucking
0: great man, you
2: know, still uh sand in that bathroom. You know how I'm doing, right? <laughs> I need premium hand washing and bowel release uh conditions, so I'm trying to make respect it, that everything nice and shiny, nice and tight.
1: Shout out to bowel erosion for that. That's right,
2: yeah. clean lines. Shout out to the clean paint lines in my bathroom. Love it uh, Yeah you know Just uh, hanging out Enjoying the rest of the summer uh, what,
1: What's the playlist Looking like this week For the Sandy?
2: Sure Oh man Good Good question Yeah so I've been uh, a Testament right So I finished up Some Testament last week uh, yeah. I've been doing um, Pantera Live From What is it 94 At Nassau Coliseum Found an old uh, Old bootleg VHS Looks like this guy Had his camera In a hat Or something You know Out of a little Peephole in his hat But uh, it came across Pretty nice
1: that is the most, like, Long Island blue-collar soundtrack I can imagine. That's great right That's great, here.
2: yeah. So, I'm, I'm getting my pole, you know, in a huff and dust.
1: That's <laughs> how <laughs> I get in the pole in huff and dust.
2: How about you, Will? How was your weekend?
1: Uh, I kicked off the weekend in style, man. We went, um, uh, we saw Grim Reaper. Uh, we saw Steve Grimmett in action um, in Lindenhurst, Long Island. Uh, no less Is Lindenhurst Suffolk County or not? Lindenhurst Suffolk County. Yeah, right? Suffolk. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Suffolk County, Long Island, no less, man. East Long Island, we saw, we saw Grim Reaper, man. Great show, great performance. Got to meet Steve. Uh, took a picture with him. Uh, got to talk to him, man. I was like... I was kind of starstruck, to be perfectly honest, man. Tom saw me. I didn't... I was like... I didn't know what to make of it.
0: You and so. me both. Actually, you being starstruck made me a little more comfortable
1: about okay. being. Starstruck. <laughs> yeah, I right. was so like, yeah. "Am I alone right now?" But yeah, that guy can sing. Yeah, no, I I got to give it to him. They played a long set. Yeah, uh, at the end of the night, and yeah, he's he he could carry it. He, he, he sang. He he hit every note. He didn't drop his cell phone like Tom just did. <laughs> he was yeah. I mean, he he worked the crowd. He was cracking jokes on everybody, man. Uh, it was like a true professional, man. Um, and really, like, like it was, it was an intimate crowd there at the Village Pub in Lindenhurst, man. And um, it was so, so great to be up close and be able to see him do his thing, man. It was awesome, man. And the crowd didn't disappoint me. It was like some some old school Long Island metalhead people there, man. I actually did run into uh, no less than three people that I, I discussed interviewing on the podcast. Well, I'm not going to get any more right. specific than that. We got some good leads. Um, And then my weekend ended abruptly when I worked Saturday and Sunday. So Friday night was a killer weekend. See, Grim Reaper. No regrets. There you go. Yeah, all you need is one day.
0: It was a great show, though. uh, I
1: had a nice time. Yeah, we had a good time. Tom bought me a couple of beers. I bought Tom one beer. Mm. I'm I'm keeping track. I owe you you a beer, man. Yeah,
0: I don't mind, but I don't forget. You know?
1: Yeah. Just one of those. So shout shout to Steve Grimmett of Grim Reaper. Uh, Of course, obviously, you can revisit our episode where we interviewed him. Uh, in depth about his life and career if you didn't catch on uh, by now that, that he's a, a friend of the show and um, shout out to Grim Reaper and everyone there at the Village Club for making it a great show man we talked to his bass player his current touring bass player too nice guy man great good that, that really down to earth cool people man so if you have a chance check out Grim Reaper uh, they might still be on tour by the time you hear this uh, pick up the new album and all that so um, so so moving forward though well, yeah well
2: Tom do you have anything else uh, this weekend
0: uh so it was the Grim Reaper thing that was great, and then the next day I got drunk with you around okay. a fire. Okay. That's right, I we was, did do that. Yeah, I was working. Yeah, yeah okay. it must have been good because I didn't bring it up. I yeah. forgot to say it. uh Oh, yeah, you were you were assisted. Yeah, at that, at that moment, by assisted the living by the alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were having a blast. I was having a blast. It's, you know fire times. You got to what's bur- cooler than
2: that? You got to burn some wood
1: and you got to shoot the shit. You bring the little speaker, you listen to some death metal. Sick! I love it, man. I gotta join you guys out in this bonfire capacity, and love that. I could. Pot- I don't. Is there? What? Where? How do you get to this place? Where you? Is there like a path, that you cut through the woods?
2: Yeah, you come over to my house, and uh, you walk up some stairs.
1: Stairs. See, yeah. I ask because I would have to. <laughs> the reason I ask. Here's what I'm getting at. I'll reveal the mystery. I would have to ride my Segway to this spy because for for age in ages past let me get this ramp out traditionally in human culture we have exchanged information and taught one another by firelight by by the campfire exchanged wisdom have we not yeah that's
2: amazing that makes me think about what who's going to teach us tonight
0: what are we
1: learning tonight by chance what's tonight's episode going to be about Who's going to do the learning?
0: Man, I need a second, because that was just a fantastic segue. (laughs)
1: That's
0: a gold-plated... It's got a Hemi in it, that segue. I just (laughs) changed the oil. So tonight's program is an introduction to electronic in true Heavy Hole fashion. Music featured in this episode will have similarities to the music that's typically covered during the time you spend here with us at the Heavy Hole. It'll be dark, fast, heavy, and most likely made in a bedroom. Whoa, so retrieve your yellow legal pad and a pencil protector and drink a monster energy drink or any other legal upper and enjoy this information.
1: Legal upper, allegedly.
0: Um, so we're going to start off with the big B, which is Brake What mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What is Brake Core and why are we talking about it? I don't think you could broadly describe Brake Core in any better terms than heavy and underground. Okay. Breakcore is high speed blending of techno, jungle, raga, hip hop, ambient, gabber, harsh noise, classical music, chiptune, alongside death metal and grindcore. Breakcore is basically a blanket statement used for electronic music that doesn't fit into a genre.
1: Okay, so this is kind of like a, a, a name for music that doesn't have a name. Yeah, exactly. It's uh,
0: because people like to pick their genres. You know, you yeah. ever have a conversation with someone, and they're just like way too specific about that stuff, which yeah. I appreciate because you can yeah. learn stuff that way. Yeah, but... it's, you
2: know, you put people in different
0: bins, right? I'm in. I love country music. I'm in a sandy,
2: dusty, I got boots on bin kind of thing. Exactly.
0: Right. This bin, uh, it's a big. Uh, it's much bigger. Yes, um, it has a smaller audience, but the sounds that are involved in this genre of music are beyond. A simple layout, mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination.
2: This is sort of like the, like uh, you know, on the more aggressive, uh, high energy, semi-violent forms of electronic music, drawing influences from other forms of electronic music. Basically, just designed to move you.
0: Yeah, and I'll honestly say this: as much uh, death metal and, and grindcore that I've listened to in my life, some of the heaviest music I've ever heard is breakcore. Something that can reach into the audience. Uh, that we have here. People might not be familiar with it. They might know a few of the artists. Maybe uh, we can show a few more out. Um, So I'm gonna divide these into two categories generally. uh, You can kind of make up your mind if you disagree with it, but it's gonna be metal breakcore and heavy breakcore. Hmm. Now metal breakcore will use samples and incorporates death metal or grindcore elements such as tar riffs or drumming. And then heavy breakcore is gonna be more akin to death metal in which there's no direct metal sound in the mix, but the producers are definitely drinking from the same well as bands like Cyanide, Portal, and Leviathan.
1: Now, is this a concrete, documented, scientific list? Are we engaging in research tonight? I did a lot of the research, and I'm open to suggestions, Mm -hmm.
0: um, whether any of our listeners think I didn't categorize something properly, or if I missed a big band, or maybe I... Didn't talk about you know the band, and I'm not talking about their best album. Or mm-hmm. and when mm-hmm. I say band, it's usually one or two people. Mm-hmm. artists yeah, artists Yeah,
2: artist. yeah uh, we're, we're just gonna open the door, you know, show exactly. show this beautiful dark room that
1: is uh, that is breakcore, and and
2: kind of why uh, why it's here in the hole.
1: And, and as always, we encourage your input on the social media. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, you, you know a lot about this corner and, and you feel like you could shed some light on with something that we may have missed. Like Tom said, of course, the social media, the voicemail, the email, it's all right there. And we're going to remind you at the end of the episode, uh, Tom, anything else before I, I jump in with my disclaimer? Uh, no, not really. I think now would be a good time. Okay. So I know it sounds like a lot guys. And, uh, if you're like, Will, what's up, where's the pitch shifter vocals and, and the, and the, and, you know, the, the, the metal of death that and everything. Why is
2: this not gore grind? Will?
1: I got you, the segue is still on and running, and I'm going to be able to segue certain elements of this conversation into gore grind, uh, <laughs> death metal, relapse records, and earache records. So don't worry, buckle up your seatbelts, Uncle Will's here to make sure that we that we don't just hit the, the scenic routes, that we go to some of the back alleys of gore grind along the way too, okay? And uh, that being said, while doing the research for this... um. We had to really break this up. We're going to try to do episodes in the future similar to this, and we're going to try to cover your drum programmed and drum machine bands, and we're also going to try to cover your more industrial style bands, maybe along the lines of your Godflesh and Pitch Shifter uh, and Depressor from California for all my, uh, my underground headsmen. But tonight, we're going to really get into what Tom's talking about and try to just streamline that. That being said, that's our disclaimer. Uh, moving forward, Tom, I'm going to give you the, uh, the, the, the floor.
0: All right. Uh, let's talk about the roots of breakcore. Do you want to hear anything before we get started?
2: Yeah, uh, actually, you know what I know from breakcore is is from you. You know, you kind of introduced me to this to the genre, and from my uh, you know my interest and my enthusiasm about death metal, it, it was a, an extremely seamless transition for me to kind of like you know eat up any sort of band that you, that you sent my way. Which uh, you know, the listeners like you, that. I I feel strongly you're going to get this. Right? Mm. Don't shoot the messenger if you don't like what you hear. You know, there's plenty of other things to do. But what you should be doing, taking notes right now. That's really all I got to say.
1: Tom, I cannot wait. All right. Interesting uh. enough. Just, I just remember uh, for one of my contributions later that you said big brain. That's, that's an interesting choice <laughs> of words. Going
0: forward. So, um, hands down, breakcore would not be, it wouldn't be a musical genre at all without jungle. Okay, okay. Now, mm. Jungle started in England as a response to the techno club scene and its commercial success. Mm-hmm. In short, Jungle music was—it was a result of the Jamaican and reggae dub culture that had grown. And eventually, whenever you have a musical culture that gets big enough, it starts to branch off. Mm-hmm. So one of these branching offs was the same dub music or reggae music being sped up a bit. And they would sample it on top of isolated funk drums. The most famous of these drum drum beats being the Amen break, which I'll play now. Mm. You have heard these drums before. Amen.
1: Okay, that's it. Yeah, everyone's so, heard that at some point or another.
0: Yeah, the, it's six seconds of the most sampled uh, bit of music or any kind of audio ever. Mm-hmm. It's in nwa used it it's in the futurama theme song yeah. when
2: you hear that's the breaks like there
0: you go
1: right and uh, yeah this is actually uh, it's it's the same trajectory as american hip-hop mm-hmm. um which a lot of people trace back to like you said like jamaican dub music and, and uh that you know that culture but yeah go go forward man it's interesting to me an example of one of these producers that got pretty big uh he's known now as
0: congo natty but back in the day he was rebel mc Here's a little sample of that while we continue. A lot of the artists I talk about, as crazy as they get into heavier stuff, there's always it's either the Amen break or the dub influence that's somewhere there, or else it's just bonkers, fucking
1: crazy. This this is really interesting. I I have listened to Lee Perry and the Upsetters mm-hmm. in the past, and I and this is I feel like this is a. a, a an evolution kind of of that production quality, you know what I mean? Are you familiar with that, with what I'm talking about?
0: I actually don't, to be honest with you.
1: That That's kind of like, the, I guess, what would be maybe like the, the generation before what you're talking about, which was like, uh, in Jamaica, he he would actually, he's a really eccentric guy to get into if you want to go down the wormhole on Lee Perry. At one point, he burned down his whole studio and started from scratch again, and there's, there's documentaries and stuff on him, but Lee Perry and the Upsetters, and he was... I don't know if he's the, the I don't know I don't know enough research into it to, to call him the father of dub or the beginner of dub but he's definitely well known for it mm-hmm. and for for doing a lot with it and it, you know it's like you said where they would take sound plates from different records and take different rhythm tracks and blend them with different vocals so I guess that is kind of where you get what you're talking about Yeah so, it's yeah. it's there's different
0: branches to this yeah. evolution it's still happening today yeah. there's this is specifically the breakcore thing is the time period we're about to enter when we start talking about these artists is that it only really started in, like, 96. Yeah. Maybe 97-ish. Um, because there was a lot of influential electronic music happening at the time, but none of it was getting under your skin and had to be thrown into a whole new bag.
1: Mm.
2: So Rebel MC right here, like, what year, is that, what year is this coming
0: out? This is 1991. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If I could just stop you for one second, sure. then. All I'm trying to say, then, is that to my knowledge what you get is in like the 60s and <clears throat> 70s you get um like dub music kind of beginning in Jamaica and England mm-hmm. and then you get hip hop kind of coming out of the same culture in New York City yeah that kind of, and then like through the 80s now you have like electronic elements different uh, you know like like uh, drum machines and recording techniques samplers and yeah, so then along the 90s right this is kind of like the evolution of that you yeah. know, and, and, or one of the many different evolutions of that, like you said, there's a you know an, an evolutionary tree, so to speak.
0: Yeah, everything that I'm talking about right now has branches of music that you have heard before, yeah. and you can relate it back to something in some way. Maybe not off the top of your mind like that, but you mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to show you a sample of an extremely successful jungle track. Once that was refined and turned into its own thing, Aphrodite's Stalker, which was used in a few movies. Cool. This was also the introduction of using heavy. Synthesizer. Um, You wouldn't have dubstep today without this, because dubstep was actually a response to the rise of jungle and people slowing it back down. So it was dub. They sped it up, became jungle, and then it was dubstep. Step down.
2: So punk, you you sped it up to get death metal, and you slow it down to get some beatdown shit.
0: So the eventual commercial success of Jungle, especially in Goldie, the co-founder of Jungle and drum and bass label Metalheads, coincidentally, mm. was a sign that these influences were ready to travel to other places. On top of that, the early 90s introduced the world to hyper-vigilant electronic drill and bass music, like Aphex Twin, Square Pusher, Mike Paradinas, Autek, or Future Sounds of London. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know who those acts are already, mm. or at least a couple of them. That was also a huge part of this, but that was really its own thing. People exploring computer music so it was the merging of these two (coughs) cultures that created the more intense version which was breakcore now what's considered to be one of the first breakcore records ever came out in 1997 it's by Christophe de Babylon it's called if you're into it I'm out of it it's the use of these really off-putting weird synths and very atypical percussion it's akin to Aphex twin Mm. but it's more industrial Using more of that jungle vibe to it. El- more elements of harsh noise. And you said
1: this is 1997?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> very interesting. I like this. Those drums start getting hot, you know? Like,
0: definitely can throw this into just heavy jungle uh, this yeah, this passes well, as jungle in my book
1: i'd like to throw the gigantic adam rotella sized hand down on the manual brake right now and Do pump it. the brakes real quick because i have some gore grind related questions and grindcore related questions you said this is 1997 this was and this was the first brake core mm-hmm. i want to know where libido airbags 1995 demo fits into brake core then Okay. Because if anything, it, it's just more extreme than this and samples more from Death Metal and Gore Grind. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because Libido Airbag's first two demos, it was
0: 1995 and then And 1996. 1996. Yeah. 1996. yeah. It's their full length that I would really call a break kind of album. Okay. Um,
1: I'm going to put that on right now so you can kind of hear what I'm saying. All right, and just for the listeners, let me back it up even even further a second. Libido Airbag, uh, a band that had two members, I believe it was the singer and the guitarist, it's hard because they use these crazy pseudonym names, but from the German band Gut, who many people might know from the grindcore scene as having like pioneered porno grind in, in Germany in the mid-90s. Um. And, I guess after Gut broke up or was on hiatus, these guys came out with *Libido Airbag*, which was at the time, especially in the underground grindcore scene, extremely revolutionary. But the reason I say
0: that the album is breakcore and the other two are more just gore grind is that
1: they really embrace the electronic elements in it, as okay. opposed to just using them as a tool to get get the message across. And yeah, and the interesting thing about the first demo, you're right, because the first de- the first two demos. Sampled primarily other grindcore and death metal releases Mm -hmm. for the drum sounds and for for the uh, for the guitars mainly. There were electronic elements and samples of electronic drums and hip hop samples in the drums though. Yeah, it's not that it wasn't there,
0: but I think it's
1: I think it's an arguable point to be honest with you that the Beetle Airbag was doing breakcore at least prior to '97.
0: This is a 1999
1: release. Yeah. Um, Regardless, you know, you could get into specifics of who had the uh, the sampler first and who was getting into, you know, recording their tracks first. I think also maybe in Germany or in Europe as a whole, people were a lot more open to electronic music Mm -hmm. within the metal community. Like, it always seemed to me, and I've even heard people reference, like, uh, um, Jesus, not to reference Lords of Chaos, but in the book, I do remember people making reference to a lot of the Norwegian black metal bands. Some of them were more open to electronic music, and I've heard European people in the metal scene embrace hip-hop and electronic music more than um, American people sometimes, depending on the region. So maybe that was part of it, was that these guys were open to that, and, and, and part of the grindcore scene, you got one foot here, one foot there, mm-hmm. and you combine it, you know? It seems like intent is a little different, though. It looks like, it, it, like from
2: that track that we just heard, is that they're using the same tools as a lot of these like up-and-coming, like like jungle or or, or uh, you know early breakcore artists, but uh, to different results, right? So you're using the same like tools with sampling and and electronic instruments and whatnot, yep. but you're you're doing it to create like a like a grind sort of thing, like a gore grind sort of thing, rather than oh, a yeah. more like. You know, um, extension of dub and jungle, and, no, and pushing that yeah. like that genre to where it should be. This seems to be pushing more like a punk grind thing to an extreme. Which so is nice. funny because
0: I feel like that doesn't exclude it from being break though, because mm-hmm. of the nature of the genre. To the
1: point you where know? they were just doing home dub tapes still and putting out split releases with with traditional <clears throat> grindcore bands that had actual drums and more traditional <clears throat> songwriting. So you're absolutely right. They were. And maybe that you know that's also a way they were ahead of their time because now there's a million like I, I always talk about the explosion of one man drum machine <clears throat> bands and computer drum machine and cyber grind in the early two thousands and how you know but libido airbag was really ahead of their time with this especially because they were just mi- like you said they were uh, honestly totally just mixing with gore grind and grindcore like the same way they were in their in their previous band gut you know so that, that's mm-hmm. but like you said I don't think that excludes them from from the idea you know
0: yeah not at all like it's it, it's. Different, but falls under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. This art form of breakcore develops over time with with a bunch of small artists. Everyone's pretty small
1: at this point because this is such a, a niche thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not to, not to slow you down. One more thing, because the uh, the only other act from around that period that I, I could lump in with Elbito Airbag. Is Nun Commando Six Six Six, which is basically libido airbag with an extra member of the German grindcore band Night Of Fogo, but they have several other releases too. That's just for the listeners' sake, you know, to go down that yeah. that route.
0: But, I actually, I want to put on a little bit of this because I was listening to it before when you sent it to me, and it's it's a breakcore release. It's extremely but, relevant, yeah. I believe. So the most prime example of breakcore that you could use in conversation, or if you want to jump into this genre, uh, it comes straight from Winnipeg Canyon. Venetian Snares. Okay. Great. He's the innovator, the inspiration, the crossover between more genres than any other artist I can think of. His name is Aaron Funk, and he seems to hate his hometown more than anyone. That's his name for a shoot, Aaron Funk. So this is his first solo release going um, to Winnipeg, you idiot This is from 1998 uh, Off of his uh, Excuse me, off of his first release Spells, uh, it's called There's Punk Kids Out There So throughout his career, he's been able to encapsulate Matic mood swings and a disdain for sanity pretty much all around. Sure. Every album this guy has done is something different than the last, while constraining himself to 7-4 time signature. So he's one of the only <clears throat> artists I can think of who stuck to a one-odd time signature, and about 95% of his work is that. It's one of the most interesting things, and, and like, what kind of grabbed me, because
2: uh, like, you know this was my kind of uh this was my gateway into breakcore was venetian snares and and li- listening maybe to like some croggy tech death at the time that was in seven and being like holy shit like this is the same thing you know this this has the same aggression this has the same like uh you know a uh, nod to technicality or whatever and and it's fucking heavy you know Un- Unbelievably, yeah. what, what's yeah.
1: interesting to me is how much aesthetic uh, plays into this and imagery plays into this because re- even down to the wo- the woman screaming in the sample, it sounded uh, very similar to that nun whore commando six 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 track, uh, especially to the untrained ear. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like the what scene you're circulating it in, how you're presenting it, the imagery, the the lyrics, or at least the song title, it all plays such a huge part in how this stuff is. Because then you get ar- artists like um, I don't know how it's pronounced, or Aud- Orteker. Sucker, oh, I, I could be wrong too. Uh, you know, Apex, Twin, the the, the the you know the bigger, more well-known artists, and a lot of how they define themselves is even how their music is released and promoted, mm-hmm. uh, imagery, video, things like that. You know, it's it's interesting to me.
2: For me, Venetian Snares was the uh, intricacies of the drum work. Like it was, it was a, it was a truly like an EDM thing almost. Like it's it's electronic drum music. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's drum first. And then and then everything else is kind of like setting into it and the definitely you know. with
0: his earlier career he kind of breaks off of that later sure, yeah. with um like his his I think his latest album was uh traditional synthesizer music uh honestly not my favorite I'm a fan of the older catalog and there's plenty of it yeah um he I think he has twenty something full
2: lengths at this point what's the record he does where he just sample like he's like a pigeon
0: oh yeah I'm gonna talk about oh, that one yeah <laughs> so this one is off of um. An album called Finding Candace, Befriend a Child Killer, the remix. It's one of the darkest songs I've heard. It'll put you in a headspace.
1: say and you know again linking back to the bands that i brought up they were more of your typical shock value kind of tongue-in-cheek porno grind bands that i would argue had more influence from the culture at that point which was the jerky boys beavis and butthead howard stern things like that Mm -hmm. uh and then you have um an artist like this who's just like that's a really very dark provocative song title that's not even based out of death metal or any or you know, any genre of music that's known for shock value, that almost makes it darker and more disturbing, you know?
0: Yeah, it's truly most of his work feels like it's coming directly from his mind. And he's truly a nut job. Look up Venetian Snares interview. There's only a few of them on YouTube, and he's fucking bonkers in all of them. He doesn't make any sense half the time. We should reach out. Northern Canada, oh, man. I would love to. That'd be amazing. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, I, I love what he's done. Um, so, this is the highlight. I'm gonna play one more song real quick. Uh, off the highlight of his career. I can't pronounce this album for the life of me. I'm trying, though. It's in Hungarian. It's Raz Silag Zulatet. This is a song called Han Zhao. this album was the highlight. It was put out on Planet Mew, a great record label run by Mike Paradinas. Uh, it's a concept album about Venetian snares imagining what it's like to be a pigeon in Budapest. Uh, it, it's very sample heavy with a lot of string parts taken from composers like Bella Bartok, Igor Stravinsky, And specifically, Rezo Ceres, the song Gloomy Sunday, which is also known as the Hungarian Death Song. If you want to find some creepy stuff, look into that. the myth behind that song. Apparently, the composer's wife killed herself when he finished writing it. Uh, It's one of the most haunting songs of all time. (laughs) Billie Holiday does a great rendition of it, too. Wow. Yeah. That,
1: not metal, but of death.
0: Yes. (laughs) A lot of that. (laughs) (laughs) Of death. The Snares Man is like, he has albums entirely akin to grindcore in their attitudes or tech death in a lot of ways because of the technical <clears throat> nature of them. If you're interested in all at or but not familiar with breakcore, you have to start with Venetian Snares. Yeah. I would recommend a detrimentalist, uh,
2: yeah, That's a good record stuff. or uh, infolepsy. The infolepsy EP is like way more grind.
1: Like, yeah. kind of influence that. That brings me to something that um, I, I didn't work in before when we, we were getting back to more like the early '90s, ultra violence. Yeah, uh, the really uh, the artist um, from the from the UK that put out several albums on Earache Records uh, in the in the early to mid '90s when Earache Records was more known for like your Napalm Death and your Carcass. Now you mentioned uh, the kind of concept of this guy being a, a pigeon and you know whatever. Um,
2: yeah, Pigeon in Budapest. Yeah. yeah
1: probably we, on drugs, which you is, you know. Pretty weird. But Ultraviolence actually did a Gabber opera.
0: Psychodrama. Ma- done right now.
1: Does that term Gabber opera mean something like? Because I don't know what that's supposed to mean. What does that mean to you? When you, uh, so you told me about this uh, Gabber opera instantly. I was like, that's going to be
0: the biggest headache in the world because that's actually closer to what you would call um, hardcore over in core and techno terms. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I
1: believe that's what they refer to themselves as,
0: uh, at least on the early albums. That is really, really heavy. I would never, I wouldn't throw Gabber into the breakcore thing because it's. It's just, like, amped up techno with the craziest kick drums ever. Uh, Someone else who I would throw in this basket is Anger Fist. Type in Anger Fist if you want to hear some crazy fucking techno. Really fast, but not all that technical. Um,
1: Definitely not even that emotional. It's very like pump up music. You just heard there's like there's like female vocals in there and this is it's an opera of some sort. So there's obviously an element of emotion in there. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe with ultraviolence, but it does have that very melodic quality that you get to a lot of your more like commercial dance music of that era, you know?
0: About cotton eye Joe where is that fit in <laughs> that actually I would put that in the uh, happy hardcore category yeah. like scooter
2: also dark song very depressing song fanat in the bin cotton I Joe like it's terrible lost his wife that man
1: I <laughs> I would be depressed if it was if yeah. you
0: guys put it on definitely <laughs> all right so let's move along here let's let's get back into break core Right now, I'm just going to point out some other key players that I think our audience would be really into. Okay. The first one is Dada Chi. This is off his album Male Female from 2004. This is a song called Pen Badge. Um, Dada Chi is a New York-born producer who makes music out of soundscapes, uh, in so many words. Really strange, in-depth, creepy music. Uh, for you music nerds out there, he uses a Kaima X paccarana as a dsp computer so look that up i'm not going to go into detail on it because it's not for the average listener (laughs) this is uh really deep audio tech stuff
1: yeah it sounds like some crazy headphone music
0: yeah oh and i believe this whole album the only percussion besides these wind chimes and little little pecking kind of glitch sounds is a kick drum
1: Like uh, in that in that movie Grandma's Boy, where they where there's like the one the one guy who's like the the evil boss. And J- uh, JP, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Like when you go into his lair, he's playing this music. He's mm. actually
0: playing "Come to Daddy" by Apex Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you would like it if you had robot ears, is yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what he said. That works with uh, Data Chi specifically. Yeah, yeah. Robot you ears. Yeah. If you don't like this, your ears are not robotic enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so the next guy I want to talk to is the Flashbulb. And the Flashbulb is a jazz man through and through. He had some releases as early as 99. In like 2002, he kind of ditched the softer jazz influence electronic shit and went a little heavier with it. Um, He put out a really good album called Girls Suck But You Don't, 15 tracks from my hard drive. And then he put out an EP, which I highly recommend. It's called The Lawn Funeral. It's just two songs, Lawn Wake and Lawn Wake 4. We're listening to Long Wake 4 right now. And this is more for your fans of extremely fast, like thrash metal. There's something about the melodic qualities that he uses. So on top of this guy writing this very music school stuff, he's, if you dive into his later stuff, there's an album called Love is a Dark Hallway. It's all guitar music that he does all this crazy drum stuff on, and his guitar playing is fantastic. Overall, most of his work isn't what I would call breakcore, but this one, these two releases, get into it. Mm. It's like Guitar Kit from Hell, you know? (laughs) I'm searching for it. This is a gentleman by the name of Rotator. Uh, Rotator is a sick fuck. I believe he's French, and he uses metal samples in his work, but he uses it kind of as a textural thing. This is one of his first releases on his label that he started called Peace Off. No. yeah, It's a good name. So his label is filled with some of the most aggressive, super high-end, fast stuff. You're driving 300 miles an hour listening to this.
1: A- allegedly uh, cocaine or amphetamine type music, you know? Yeah. S- yeah crazy shit. Like, we- like, weekend like, mess. Like the movie Natural Born Killers or something. Just doing
0: fast puzzles. Um, so here's some other notable artists off Peace Off. Uh, this one's extremely metal. This is Lady Scraper. The song Ooh. Wolves. Ooh. So I'm gonna start introducing actual metal into the the electronic elements. Say. Some other artists to check out is Zanopticon, which is insane, glitch hip-hop, really dark but high energy at the same time, groovy shit. Another extremely grindcore act, uh, I would say for breakcore, is uh, DJ Skull Vomit. We're currently listening to a set that Peace Off just put out, Uh, it's a free download, it's about 45 minutes of his music and it's intense.
1: So, this is Peace Off Records. Yeah,
0: Peace Off and, Records. And this is all modern stuff that's coming out now, right? Yeah, it started in the mid 2000s. Rotator himself started it. He's got a bunch of great releases, and there's great artists on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Take> <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so because this is interesting because I, I you know I've, I'm very unfamiliar with peace off records and what these bands are playing me but the um, the the last kind of two bands I wanted to like you know bring into the conversation uh Genghis Tron mm-hmm. and gigantic brain Genghis Tron I think uh maybe rose to a little bit more prominence than gigantic brain over the years they were on relapse records they had two albums on relapse mm-hmm. records uh, officially on hiatus I don't know if you're gonna see them uh, again but Um, Then they also had, I think, on Crucial Blast, I think they had like two EPs before that. So Genghis Tron has a wealth of material to get into. And at first, maybe something similar to to what you're playing me with these piece-off records, at least the last two bands, the last two piece-off records bands you played me, Mm -hmm. where they're blending metal and a lot of like that kind of screamy hardcore that was big in the early 2000s with electronic elements and beats. Genghis Tron foregoing a bass player and a drummer. Uh, and using just all programmed parts for that, and through their career, if you trace their evolution, more and more getting into like the uh, atmosphere and the ambience, and using synths, and I think getting away from the break core a little bit, but using you could Game definitely
0: Boys and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: you you could definitely make an argument for them fitting into this conversation. I believe.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I'm glad you brought them up. They write really good <clears throat> grind,
1: but in the style of of, of, of a breakcore artist, essentially, yeah, or, two, yeah. or you know, a team. Well, again, they're signed to, you know, they were on Crucial Blast and then yeah. on Relapse Records. They toured with, uh, I believe, Converge, Dillinger Escape Plan, yeah, um, those type of bands. Redcore at the time, you know, Yeah, know so they, they, you know, again, a band adding elements of breakcore, elements of electronic music, but, you know, strongly within a, a scene that's firmly rooted in traditional musicianship, guitar, bass, drums. You know what I mean? And they're playing and touring with these bands, much like, again, like I was talking about Libido Airbag. They're integrating those elements of break core and electronic music, but they're, you know, firmly mixed in with the gore grind scene. You know what I mean? So yeah. it would be interesting to me to go back and see what other artists, because there's got to be like maybe a black metal version of that. There's got to be versions of that in other styles of music that maybe we're not onto. You like know? We can go off
2: from here to like with nosebleed and like, and, yeah, and yeah, like that. And that, that that's a great, you know, silver plated segue into like what we're going to be talking about with drum machine bands. And, and
1: yeah. And yeah. Like like don't don't a, get me started. Let's on a started. later yeah. on the next
2: episode uh, on the
1: next research episode <laughs> Allegedly that we do next <laughs> yeah on the next alleged research episode we do band i just wanted to mention briefly while i'm on that wave because this is the same time period united states early 2000s from i believe virginia you have gigantic brain you mentioned Mm -hmm. big brain big
2: brain that's huge thoughts that's what you're talking about the
1: the band gigantic brain um for the most part a one man project i think there's other people that have been involved through the years uh interesting discography um there's uh, like a discography release that was on Razorback Records that collected some of the earlier like demos and splits and unreleased material. The
0: Invasion discography. Comp. There you go.
1: There you go. And that's what a lot of people go to. I, th- I think there's an album as recently as 2016 that was way more on the electronic side than on the Grindcore side, if I remember correctly. Correctly. And then if you go to Grindcore Karaoke, um, the like uh, um, digital label, they have a band okay. camp. Uh, they put out a few releases. You can look up Gigantic Brain has a bunch of releases that vary between like the cyber grind, the electronic. There, I I, I definitely believe they fit into this conversation, even though they tread more on the grindcore variety or like mm-hmm. the kind of ambient synthy variety. You know, but but they. They incorporate the electronic stuff in and did so in a, in a way in the early two thousands that hadn't really caught on yet. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not
1: just in the drums; it's like the whole scape and the mm-hmm. feeling of it. Exactly, man. Yeah, it's you know it wasn't just like let's program a blast beat and try to make it sound as good as a, as a human drummer. They were taking full advantage of whatever uh, software and components they had. You know?
0: Yeah, totally unrealistic sounding, just mm-hmm. sick music. Yep. You know, it yeah. doesn't need
1: to be real all the time. It depends on what your vision is. Did you
0: achieve that? <laughs>
1: Sorry, one more addition that actually just popped into my head. I didn't even think of it during the research, and this fits into kind of the libido airbag porno grind thing. There was a band. I'm sorry, prosthetic cunt. Um, mm. I, I forget mm. it. I don't Big think they go. We yeah. They had they had a, a, an album on Primitive Brutality. If I'm, if I, this is all off the top of my head right now, that's which Roger was from Roger from Morticians yeah. label. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, another band that you know they did the porno grind thing again. You know the. The porno. I don't want to go in my porno grind tangent because it's never been my my field of death metal and gore grind. I've never like really, you know, it, it wasn't what I was into. But I gotta give you know props where props are due. They weren't just a drum machine band. They took advantage of the um the the synth sounds, the electronic element of what they were doing, and kind of helped push it in a way. So yeah, there's there's that. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, again, not to not to not to hog up all the lanes on my segue, Tom. Let me pass it back to you.
0: Alright, so another label worth mentioning, specifically because of its metal roots, is A.D. Noisem. A.D. Noisem. One of the key figures on this label is Bong Ra. I'm going to play his 2006 Stereotypical Heroin Hooker EP. It's metal as fuck. Like, there's something about this, but it's old school. So, in this particular song, I'm very fond of this one, and he samples Caius, Green Machine, And gets it sounding a little heavier
1: somehow? Just that's really interesting, and I'm going to tell you why later on in the episode.
0: So Bong is a Dutch producer who spent a lot of time in the middle world. I believe he played bass in a a grindcore band, definitely a uh, tape-trading days thing. Can't really find it, Lost to Obscurity. Um, He's a big part of Breakcore's biggest festival, which is called Breakcore Gives Me Wood. He was one of the bookers there and got it together. His style stays between Raga Core, which is like the Raga old-school jungle stuff, double influence, and death metal. He's bouncing back and forth between the two. Bang Ra did an album called, oh, excuse me, an EP called Full Metal Racket from 2007 and it's a series of metal mixes Uh, a Terrorizer song he takes it and just destroys it and turns it into a breakcore piece and then there's a a Slayer song that he makes really heavy him and um, a guy who I'm going to mention talk more about later uh, Igor they actually worked with Tombs and Pallbearer for an EP in 2013 that I recommend
2: Uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to do too much. He's just kind of
0: keeping that, like, that baseline of it. Yeah, he has that dub mentality still. Yeah. So it's kind of like sample every, you know, stick to the four bar thing and just kind of hang back and see what happens. But then speed it up and you get this. Yeah. He's also involved in a band called Worm Skull which is a weird mix of industrial drum and bass raga vocals. a real drummer on this Damn it. I don't know anything. He does a a real drummer who does the song and then he goes back in and chops up some of the samples and makes it sound artificial and then does these crazy thick parts on it. Um, Especially the bass. I mean, listen to that bass tone.
1: So who is that rapping?
0: So it's either Samples or Bong Ra or or the guy who plays drums on it.
1: Because right now we're almost segueing also into horror rap.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely so, elements of that. There's uh, there's always this... In, in breakcore, there is uh, hip-hop. Puts its head in there every now and then. Even Venetian
1: snares pulls off hip-hop in 7 sometimes. Well, it's interesting because I just made a connection that I never made. Um, I've never been a huge fan of horror rap, uh, even though obviously there's a lot of connections with death metal that people can make aesthetically and lyrically. But it's never been my thing. The Insane Clown Posse and kinda- I, you know, a lot of these artists, man. But um, and also that comes from me being very New York centric with my hip hop. You know, I, I really listen to just mainly New York hip hop. But with the subject matter and now this connection to breakcore, it's kind of it's almost like there's a connection to libido airbag mm-hmm. and the shock value thing. You know what I mean, man? It's it's yeah. interesting how it all you know it's all part of one. Like you could do like a Venn diagram kind of between all these different genres for you know different the different elements. You know, absolutely
0: it's a dark yeah. carnival. Is that a ICP thing? Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah.
1: Hey, <laughs> so they're laughing all the way to the bank, man. They did it.
0: Bong Ron is still active, and he actually just put out a new album this year, and it's basically a doom metal album with crazy synths on it. Cool. cool. It's awesome. It's pretty sick. Um, so let's move along to drumcore, the King of the Metal remix. Mm. So uh, he put out an album in 2006 called Grist, and uh, fuck, it's crazy. Great name great record he's got
2: it all figured out so he sampled a lot of a lot of boys on this
0: yeah he samples cave in pig destroyer botch uh converge the list just goes on with just this album started playing guitar for himself on his own releases. Instead of sampling everything, he still had samples in there. Um, his Falling Forward LP is worth checking out. There's some really cool guitar work, and then it's this kind of drum treatment all throughout. And then one other thing about Drum Corps before we move on is his demo that he did with the California band Animosity.
2: Yeah, this one's great. This was actually Tom. This was my uh, little classic recommendation for this week. So I figured, like, Let's, you know, we could just spend, like, just get into it now. Just, like, three tracks. We're going to talk about it the same amount of time anyway. Sure. Well... So, you know, I want to say pretty much a lot of the same things you're going to say. I want you to say it all. Sure, man. Well, uh, so, yeah. So, Animosity uh, c- commissioned this, commissioned drum corps. Um, his real name, Aaron... Specter. Specter, right? Yeah. So, um, do three tracks off of their 2007 release, Animals, right? Um... I love it that this was uh, released for free, uh, digital download and, mm-hmm. and as a ten inch also. But um but yeah, so this is like classic drum core chopping up um, chopping up guitar riffs, chopping up drums a little bit, but it's all, you know, from one band. And he didn't really like touch the vocals too much and, and actually at the end of the day, what's different from this release than like you know, than Grist or, you know, anything on Grist or anything like that is um this still kinda sounds like animosity. And I think that's like a testament to how like he uh held back for the benefit for the benefit of the band like putting it out as like a a mostly animosity release with his like little touch on it yeah uh but this like i kind of enjoyed these songs more than i enjoy uh these three tracks that are on the actual record
1: i gotta say i enjoy this right off the bat more than some of the other stuff that we've heard because it still flows like a metal song and i think that comes from the guitars and the vocals not really being cut too much it's just like the percussive element is the the you know, the the electronic cutting and, and sporadic snares and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Whereas the guitars and the vocals remain like static and, and you know, they, consistent.
2: It still has yeah. the same structure, composition as the original tracks. Yeah. You know, the guitars are a little crushed, but you're right, like most of the work is to that production and then yeah. like you know, added little like um you know, uh techie little breakcore elements into it, kinda to mm-hmm. to, to kind of pump up that energy a little bit. So I'd like to recommend uh, uh, Drumcore Animosity Altapeas this week. I won't see you later for my classic, but
1: (laughs) here we are. Justin gets out of class early today.
0: All right. Some of you might know the next guy we're talking about, and that would be Igor. I-G-O-R-R-R. As he signed to Metal Blade Records and released a real Tim Burton of an album in Savage Sinusoid, featuring his uniquely styled black metal, death metal, Baroque jungle style with the help of Travis Ryan on a couple tracks. Mm. Cattle decapitation.
1: Yeah, I actually first was familiar, first became familiar with uh, Igor, it's pronounced.
0: It might be Igor, so... Yeah, yeah.
1: you know, either way, uh, because Travis um, was... They were supposed to be... uh, Artificial Brain performed with uh, Full of Hell, Revocation, and Cattle Decapitation on a package for in 2017 uh igor was originally supposed to be part of that package um i don't know what the the discrepancy was but it didn't work out you know and i'm talking about the initial planning stages it's not like there was you know i don't know you know that he was ever actually on there or whatever but i remember travis was obviously a big fan and had collaborated and they were trying to get uh you know igor over to the american market like that man so um Really interesting project, man. I, I didn't know what to make of it at first, and um, still trying to wrap my head around it. You know, when I when I listen to it from time to time. But really interesting stuff. Very progressive, very futuristic.
0: Just to like clear the slate here, to dispel any myths or preconceived notions about this sick weirdo. He's a French dude who's been making heavy and psychotic music since day one. And when I mean that, really at the beginning of breakcore.
1: What are there like elements within the metal scene that feel he's uh, an interloper of some sort?
0: Yeah, because he kind of just popped up on Metal Blade with one album, and for some reason, every streaming service just has that one release.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
0: So unless you were familiar with him through the breakcore scene, that is your first introduction to him.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I mean, it was kind of a yeah, it, was a, it was a weird selection by Metal Blade too, like a little bit of a chance taken, I guess. I think so, but um, um, you could, you know, you have to like think that they respected where he came from and knew the credentials. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anybody listens to that you know, should recognize that.
0: Yeah, so we had four albums before this. The first one was Poison Salublé. The next one was Monsieur. The two of those were put together in this sweet LP that I have, a double, uh, re-released from 2010. So we got a little bit of that happening in the background now.
1: Interesting it, cover art there.
0: Yeah, metal, but also kind of, I don't know, Edward Gorey-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you flip it over, it's the other, the other album cover, which is just as a melted person. Ooh, it's got that foot sticking out though. Mm-hmm.
1: That actually looks a lot like the Last Days of Humanity Stoma split CD. There's an image on that that's a real life image that looks like that. I think Fun that fact.
0: I think this guy is a huge fan of of gore grind and grindcore mm-hmm. in general. Uh, he puts blast beats throughout, sprinkled throughout his albums. Uh, the ones he followed up with were nostril and hallelujah along with a bunch of eps like i said he's been doing the blast beats and heavy guitar things and ethnic music for a long time now and he's a master of his craft and i guess he he is he is breakcore the truest way you can consider it as being he's incorporated so many genres mm. but it is all intense music a little bit of everything So the last release that he did before he signed to Metal Blade um, was a was a collaboration with another breakcore artist called Ruby, my dear, and it's called Merge, which I believe is French for skinny. And I got that LP for like nine dollars when it came out. Wow! I pre-ordered it. This thing's worth about. One hundred and eighty right now. Ooh. Lock,
1: lock your doors tonight.
0: Yep. Yeah, you don't know where I live. Keep this off the internet. Yeah, you don't know. No, but it's it's truly a masterpiece. Um, it it reeks of Igor. I don't really get much Ruby, my dear, out of it. Um, he's kind of um, a typical glitchy guy to me. I think he's very good. He had a release called Balloon. I really liked, but Igor really uh, stands out here.
1: But the important part is you got the physical format. You just slapped two 12-inch vinyls down on this table to talk about. I appreciate that, and I'm sure our listeners do too.
0: If if you can just listen to this on a really good sound system, you'll be surprised at the fidelity of the audio here. A lot of, like I mm. said
1: before, a lot of really amazing headphone music here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this, the quality of some of these sounds. You know, it's, it's, coming from my metal of death background, you know, you don't always get this kind of clarity with your with your sounds.
0: Yes, it's strange and it's funny, but there's other times where it's
1: extremely serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really bizarre music, man. If I allegedly uh, did shrooms, this would probably be a good pick.
2: It's like just baguettes. It's
0: just, just fromage. Just, mm. Yes, yeah, so I just I, I want to bring him up. Uh, he's the last guy I'm going to talk about. All right, so uh, just playing one more thing. And while I play it, it I'm going to give some other shout-outs to things you need to hear. So Igor did one other project that's very noteworthy called Horker. Uh, the album is called Concrete. It came out in 2008. It's insanity. And it's more akin to... Our death metal roots that we we like to chat about here. So yeah, this is nightmare stuff. And uh is weird and it's the more extreme version of what Igor has to offer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, so just quickly on some shout out levels, uh, as I talked talked about before, the euro hardcore scene didn't really touch that as much, but um, Will, thank you for bringing ultraviolence cuz that that's new
1: to me and that's very much in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And-, and when we say hardcore, obviously we don't want to be mistaken for like the hardcore punk. Yeah. Uh, the music that came out of punk rock hardcore hardcore is also a term that's associated with this kind of very heavy electronic music.
0: Yeah, if you say hardcore over in Germany or um, over in the Netherlands, this is what they think. Mm -hmm. Uh, So shout out to Ultraviolence. Shout out to Angerfist that I mentioned before. Also, shout out to Alec Empire. Was another innovator of breakcore that I didn't really get into. Uh, Check out his album, Intelligence and Sacrifice. It's kind of like if Prodigy and Nailbomb Had a Baby, uh, and that was from 2000, he came out with that album. Very ahead of its time, and he's been doing it since 94. Another shout-out is Nero's Day at Disneyland, which is Lauren Blousefield. She's a natural-born breakcore killer. uh, Influential to the breakcore scene for her innovative and disturbing noise choices. Uh, She came out with two albums under that moniker and then produced tracks as her own later, and then eventually got a job working with Hans Zimmer and composed a few... Hollywood features such as Kung Fu Panda 3 and Batman and Superman. Yeah. Uh, Batman versus Superman, yeah.
1: Uh, Kung Fu Panda, another actor I've been told I resemble. Oh. Yeah. Uh,
0: come on. The Panda?
1: Yeah, ju- Yeah. just ju- just to bring it back, you know, I, we, <laughs> we covered Kevin James in the Ping Part 2 episode. It's another. Yeah. Yeah, so if, just look twice if you see a death metal show you think you see Kung Fu Panda or <laughs> Kevin James. It's your boy. Go on.
0: Uh, another uh, three more. Just if you're really into this stuff, Inducer, really, really hard jungle with atmosphere. I recommend Bollywood Breaks. It's all Indian Bollywood music with really crazy fucking drums on it. Another one to keep your eye out for is Duran Duran Duran. One More Duran. Yes, One yeah. More Duran. Uh, he's been around for a while making really interesting stuff. He actually has a self, uh, an album called Duran, 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 Duran.
1: So. Yeah, you add those extra Durans in there, it gets wild, so man. It's, it's like all- a family reunion, the weird cousins come by. Yeah, it's yeah. something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. H2O, but H3O, it's way yeah. different. Yeah. 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 Scary stuff. And okay. the um, last okay. one is Shit which goes back to the roots of Jungle that we were talking about before. A really great mastery of the Amen break and fucking it up. I recommend... The album "One Foot in the Rave," beautiful okay, man, yeah. And that's uh, gonna that'll conclude the breakcore stuff on my end.
1: Well, before we wrap up, I have kind of like a uh, uh, an amateur uh, breakcore question. Um, I'm not ashamed. I'll, I'll break the ice here. Where where would this band fit? Because this is a band that a guy I was in a death metal band with years ago listened to a lot. So I have some like tapes. Square Pusher.
0: Square Pusher is, I I would call that pre-breakcore, but okay. a huge influence. Everyone who listens and makes breakcore knows Square Pusher. Okay. One of the best jazz bass players and a fantastic programmer. More on the IDM. Which stands for Intelligent Dance Music Thing, which is a, uh, that's a name for a genre that I know, that I know Squarepusher and Aphex Twin, they get tossed into that, they did not make that name up, they don't like it, they're very open about that, but it's a good way of describing the kind of music it is. Yeah,
2: I know you mentioned it uh, earlier on, with, like, in the same sentence as Aphex Twin, you know, as like, this is, uh, you know, this is the groundwork uh, of where... People kind of like took that sound that Aphex Twin and Squarepusher were doing to the extreme, you know, to the more metal.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we came up with Raycore.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Uh, yeah, right.
0: uh, uh, Tom Jenkinson, that's Squarepusher's real name and... Man, like, just watch him play bass. Type in, like, his bass performances. That's really where he thrives.
1: Doesn't Square Pusher have, like, albums that are either just bass or more just bass, jazz, you know, performance albums?
0: Yeah, I mean, even the harder stuff has bass in it, but he has a a live album that he did where it's just him and a bass, and you would think maybe that's not for me, but. And I listened to it. Thinking I was like not gonna get into it, and it's amazing. But this guy does square pusher. Okay. Square pusher. Yeah. All
1: right. So I'm uh, glad you could clear that up for me. All right. Let cool. the bass kick. So, uh, you know, just to wrap it up for the listeners then, um, you know, obviously this was a research episode. Uh, You know, we want you to get back at us on the social media with your uh, things we forgot, things that we didn't include, your opinions on this. Um, And we're going to try to do future episodes about other kind of uh, niche sub-genres and uh, dark alleyways of extreme music and underground music, and see how they uh, they intersect with stuff that we we regularly cover on the podcast, uh, yeah, like death metal and gore grind and things like that, right? So
0: yeah, and also I am by no means claiming to be the equivalent to like Paulo with his knowledge of death metal and ping. I am a I, I am a casual listener of breakcore. I know I missed a lot of stuff, and yeah. I still discover really cool stuff all the time. So. Just putting that out there too. Yeah, this is not a shut. This is not an open shut book over here. This.
2: this yeah. Uh, this is a story
1: ongoing. Well, again, we don't like to do you know with like with the ping episode, with the professional wrestling episode. We don't like to do countdowns or top tens or you know profess to be uh, you know schools in session. Listen up, you know. It's more like we're studying along with the listeners, mm-hmm. and we want your input too. You know. The overlapping
0: themes between. The aggressive metal music we listen to and this, just... They strike me. I I like the same things about them, even though they're
1: entirely different. Fair enough, man. Belongs in
0: the hole. Mm -hmm. Yep. With all of us. All right, well, I guess that brings us to recommendation times. Yes, sir. Which, um... Justin, you, you sandwiched one in before. I did, yeah. I kind of jumped the uh, jumped the ship over
2: there, handed my homework in early.
0: Yeah, and I handed my homework in the entire time. So
1: many recommendations. Yeah, but, uh, you,
0: you got a lot to listen to. You guys have more recommendations. So, uh, Will, what do you what do you have to say? Uh,
1: okay, are, you want me to go old or you want me to go new? Let's go with new. Yeah. Okay, so in the spirit of this episode, I explored and tried to go a different direction and bring something new from underground extreme music. Um... And I said, you know, I'm not going to just try to recommend like a breakcore album and just, you know, just, you know, just jump on on the bandwagon with this. But I am going to try to push past like, you know, I I always recommend gore grind, metal of death, you know, stuff like that. And I'm going to get back to it. Don't worry. But I explored doom, stoner doom. Uh, you're more like funeral doom. I was trying to find something that would fall into that loose category of doom because it's something I haven't explored a lot. Don't listen to a lot of and. I didn't find, like, your slow, sludgy Doom album, but I found this album, which I guess kind of falls in line with your stoner rock, uh, you know, maybe more Sabbath-y type stuff. That That's that's like the the classification, I guess, they give it, you know? But to me, this is, uh, by the way, this is Luna Sol, L-U-N-A-S-O-L, the album Below the Deep uh, that was released in 2019. Um... And, and it's actually when, before when you mentioned uh, Caius.
0: Yeah, Caius. Bang Ra sampled Caius for his song, uh, Stereotypical Heroin Hooker. Uh,
1: well, this is actually, um, a, this is Okay, this isn't a member of Caius, but this is uh, Dave Angstrom, who was formerly in a band with John Garcia of Caius. Oh, okay. Uh, And there's like a lot of guest appearances and things like that. But to me, this is a really awesome rock album, man. And something I haven't gotten into when I talk about getting into metal, I mentioned I was into Sepultura, Iron Maiden, Pantera, some of your typo negative, things like that, before the death metal and grindcore uh, that Adam Rotella laid on me. But I also, I mean, if you think about the time period when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, that's the early 90s, you had your Pearl Jam, your Stone Temple Pilots, your Soundgarden, um, your your alternative rock grunge, so to speak, Nirvana, all these bands. And uh, I still think there's something to be said for a lot of those bands, particularly their earlier releases before that movement and, and rock music got commercialized. Your more raw, guitar-driven rock that was influenced maybe by the 60s and 70s garage bands more so than your, like, uh, your your like grandiose heavy metal or your synthesized clean rock that was you know in fashion in the late eighties nineties uh, that movement of rock that was grunge. This reminds me a little bit of some of like your your early Soundgarden early Pearl Jam that I was really into as a kid.
0: I think this is you could co- call this if you're trying to talk about this sound that we have going on right now desert metal.
1: That's what they call this. Yeah. Yes, they. I think they called it. They, like they have their own uh, branching off of it. What does it say here in the description? It's like, um, hot high, high mountain rock. All right, in the in the desert rock tradition. But what really, you know, I just put a couple of different doom albums on and tried to listen to them and get my own interpretation of them because they. I feel like this word doom just like it, it's it's a blanket term that encompasses it that. It's that, that, so much different music under that blanket term nowadays. What the vibe I got off of this, like I said, was that early grunge rock uh, before it got, you know, so commercialized and produced. And also, I'm a big fan of Corrosion of Conformity's kind of middle career albums where they went southern rock in the 90s. Corrosion of Conformity, great band with a lot of different eras. They were even touring with two different versions of the band at one point because they had the older kind of like punk. Hardcore version of the band and the and the and like the the mid-tier '90s version. I really enjoyed the album Deliverance. Even America's Volume Dealers, not their best album, had some really good Southern rock-inspired songs. And this does the same thing for me on a really heartfelt, well-written, riff-driven, uh, you know, level. Man, this is great. I, I love this. This is just, you know. It, it, we, I can't listen to the Metal of Death 24 hours a day, yeah, man. No. This is an excellent rock album. There's a lot of different moods throughout the album. You know, they're really using rock and roll to express themselves. There's a little bit of classic rock. There's a little bit of that loose 90s indie rock feel to it. I get a little like Wilco or a little yeah, like uh, yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. There you, you go. Know, like Red Fang
2: even. like a little There you newer, go. You know?
1: Again, stuff that mm-hmm. I have not explored entirely, but I know I like this Luna Sol album that just came out. So... You know, I'm trying to expand my horizons on the podcast. That's what tonight's episode was about. So, you know, here you go. I I tried something new this week, and uh, I really enjoyed this. justin you 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 already exhausted your old pick i played that card already yeah but you're just course, you're you're in the moment you're yolo right as, yeah, the, as the young people say yeah yolo absolutely but. so so you want to do you want to tell us about something else that you, that you call it let's 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 hear it
2: so uh so this is the band 22 uh from norway their 2010 album flux on best before records this this is like one of the the coolest things I've ever heard before uh this was introduced to me as uh Incubus meets Meshuggah oh, and boy I am just I love like the, the clean syncopated rhythms going on it's super like hev- heavy rhythmic um and these vocals are just like floating they're almost like birkenstock you know beanie kinda
1: 311-ish yeah.
2: maybe a little bit but uh I don't care uh this this uh this is the first part of a double album uh, that they put out um The the band being named 22 The first record has 12 songs The second has 10 Uh, It's a 22 Uh, song double record That they're trying to be be cute about But um, this band uh, They're still going on today Uh, Everything I looked up uh, for them was in Norwegian And you know really, really wasn't helping me out a little bit But I cannot recommend this enough Uh,
1: 22 man it's a little bit different Um, This is some smooth Well produced stuff here This is interesting
0: yeah, it's funny because, like, you, you you say it's Incubus meets Meshuggah, and I agree with you entirely, but there's something about the way these guys are playing where it is so much of what encompasses technical death metal without it being death metal at all. The, the Meshuggah
1: reference I get, it's this is really weird stuff, man.
2: stuff is out of control man crazy Norwegians Um, but like I said like they they explore a lot of different pop elements uh, as as the record kind of progresses Could we call this extreme pop techie pop tech pop tech pop (laughs) something like that (laughs) wow we'll
1: leave it to Norway
2: yeah so yeah so going off the cuff a little bit man 22 that's numbers 22 and you'll have to like supplement that with Norwegian band uh, heavy hole technical pop, something like that in order to find it. Otherwise you just get like I don't know.
0: There's only wonders. one musical act that I can think that is harder to find this one on the internet, which yeah. is Duran Duran Duran. That's
2: good. <laughs> or, or what about the the prog band three? Oh <laughs> so, yeah, they did it wrong. So, well. so twenty two, yeah, if uh, if my words didn't do it justice, I don't know, maybe the music will. Listen to it if you want.
1: We got the order a little screwed up, but um, you know, no one's in our pockets, man. There's no there's no heavy hole lobbyists here. We do what we want, all right? You know what I'm saying?
0: There's no one going to kill me if I don't put on the right thing. Please
1: tell everyone that <laughs> is yeah, the it, case. Yeah, tell yeah. everyone it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Stay on your toes. <laughs> Creepy stalker listeners. Uh, <laughs> so, so,
2: yeah, so my new my new boy this week, I brought in on uh, Knocked Loose's uh, second full-length album, The uh, Different Shade of Blue. Got me feeling all kinds of like blue on this, but not like the sad kind.
0: Speaking of blue, was this produced by Kurt Bellew? Whoa! No! Uh,
2: nah, no, it wasn't. Um, because <laughs> it that sounds would be really amazing. good. That would be amazing. This is uh, Will Putney. Oh, Putney, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Also a uh, really so good th- producer. Yeah. This was put out August 23rd on Pure Noise Records. Um, anyone who hasn't heard 2016's, uh, Knocked Loose's 2016 release, Laugh Tracks, uh, should absolutely do so. I'd say before this, uh, you know, if you're at all interested in high energy breakdown-driven belligerence, um, it's it's truly a fun listen. Uh, but what Noctilus has done with this latest release is is kind of hone their 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 super aggressive, violent approach and uh, and and come back harder and smarter. Um, I think that's just from like being seasoned on the road. Did a ton of tours with like uh, with every time I die. You know, yeah, they road dogged
0: like it for a while after that first yep. album.
2: And uh, and it, and it shows, man. Um, I'm a huge fan. Uh, you know, even though this is like it's bra- it's breakdown music, but they kind of like do it in a they, they do it in like a yeah, uh, you know, like I said, like a smarter way. I think I think the the guitar work is a, is slightly more technical. Um, the record ma- uh, manages to push this this sort of like newer hardcore genre. Um, you know, with peers like like Vane and Code Orange, um, but specifically with not lo- not loose, I think they're they're doing it so without reinventing the wheel. You know, this is just like solid, um, just like you know, solid traditional metalcore hardcore kind of thing. You know, uh,
0: in a modern sense, um, those backup vocals are very death metal. They remind me of like Misery Index kind of. stuff. Yeah,
2: dude. Uh, it's I I picked like four bands. I would put I'd kind of categorize this categorize this record like in between and it's like uh indecision, um, botch, devourment, and and like old every time I die. And I think it's all kind of like fits in a nice little spot in between there, man. But uh the vocal work on this record is is just hot. I know like some people think that this guy's scream's a little too high pitched for them, you know? Uh heard a lot of shit talking. But this it's just nonstop energy, you know and i, I think it, uh i think it works with like our break Core episode a little
0: bit just that fucking hot energy mm. it's all about that pump up yeah and you can get that in a few different ways you know whether it's a, a will putney hot album like this or your fucking desert desert metal of sorts it's all about getting that pump on
1: for sure this is, uh, I mean, it's you know, it's heavy stuff. It's undeniable, man. Obviously, not my wheelhouse. I've seen this band's name a lot around the last few years, being the old death metal guy. I haven't really heard them uh, till now. Really extreme stuff.
2: Yeah, it's sweet man. Uh bunch of kids put on a really good show.
1: Uh, you know, it's well, you say a bunch of kids, and then before you referenced Code Orange and uh, Vane, yep. right? Or Vane's is it Vane? Uh, Vane, singular Vane. And it made me think. Uh, I forget. I forget which one it was, but one of the. Still uh, living, Beastie Boys was interviewed, and I saw it a while back. And something he said stuck with me. They asked him, you know, what he thinks about like current hip hop and you know modern hip hop. And he said, "Well, it doesn't really matter what I think because it's for the young people." And and you know, hip hop is always for like the people in their teens and twenties and that type of thing. He says, "So it doesn't really matter what I think," you know, because he's older now. And I feel like the same way about some of these modern hardcore bands. As much as I do enjoy. Um, what was the band from California that um, uh, one of the Moontooth guys brought in? That's, uh, Turnstile, right? That's it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Turnstile. Yeah, t- mm-hmm. I
1: really enjoyed that record, for instance, but some of the other bands I can't wrap my head around, and I think it's for that reason. It's, it's not for me. I'm pushing 40. So, you know, hardcore mm-hmm. music is, like in that respect, a lot like hip hop, where it's for the youth culture. It's very current and urgent and modern, and it's for like the current youth culture in a lot of ways. I'm not saying people my age can't get into this music. Mm-hmm obviously if you come from the hardcore scene you understand this a lot more than i do i come from the board grind and death metal scene but i kind of i respect it in that way is what i'm trying to say i'm not Mm -hmm. trying to put anyone down but i respect it as like this is current hardcore and uh you know maybe it's for somebody with a different perspective than me
2: it's the same in Mm -hmm. in death metal there are there are some bands that float to the top that because they're doing the right thing actually you know and uh and that's great you know yeah um it's nice to see, like, uh, you know, fresh legs jumping around. Like, you know, do
1: it while you can. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah, do it while you can. That's get, a good message. Get at it, you know?
0: All right, Will, take us into the way way back.
1: Okay, so uh, yeah, like we're doing everything out of order tonight with the album recommendations, but that's because we cut cut and chopped our album recommendation format just like they do with breakcore. It's been a wild yeah. episode. There's no yeah. song there's structure. There's no rules. We no, got rid of no it, rules. Yeah. Choppy, choppy. So <laughs> uh, on the on the on the note, uh, you know, on the same tip as uh, my my newer album recommendation, I wanted to push things out of my normal comfort zone. Uh, obviously one of my favorite releases from my personal collection Not an album, it's only three songs The Buzzcocks Peel Sessions EP, uh, three songs um, This is a tape actually that I got We were on tour with Artificial Brain And at some point, I think maybe we were getting gas or getting food And there was a Salvation Army uh, like across the street I think it was somewhere maybe in the Carolina, somewhere down south And I said, guys, let, let me run in there because I love thrift stores I always go into thrift stores and check out the music and different shit I can get especially if I'm out of state, because then it's like, it it ups the ante. Like, if I find something really cool, I found it, you know, a thousand miles away from home. You don't know
2: what this other state's trash is going to be. You got it. So (laughs) I
1: find this Buzzcocks Peel Sessions cassette tape. Uh, you can see it's like there's burns on it. There's like it's it's been burned maybe by cigarettes or something. I yeah, don't know. what's there's going on It right? Still plays perfectly, man. Um, and I, you know, I I knew I liked the Buzzcocks before this tape. I had never heard this particular release, but I have a soft spot for um, the Buzzcocks. Damned, the obviously the Sex Pistols. Uh, but you know a lot of the like the um, I'm trying trying to think some other names uh, you know that, that that come to mind. It's but
0: it's kind of like this. That was kind of like the gray area of. Punk, in a way. Where it wasn't the first wave, but it was the people who put the most attitude into it, I suppose. Uh, the, the Dead Kennedys, you can call it that. I, and punk is another. Man, we should do a punk episode. We should do, yeah. We, yeah, we, we know enough people on Long
1: Island, I'm sure, too, who are, who are historical punk heads. But yeah. Um, yeah, this is just, you know, I, I wanted to relate this story because I had a, a member of one of my bands, uh, the total death metal head, lifelong death metal dude, excellent musician but uh, he's several years younger than me and when I would talk about punk, he'd be like, Yeah, you know, I never got into that. And, uh, you know, whatever, man, All will do respect to your, your preferences. No accounting for taste. But then I got to find out his idea of punk was pretty much just like Blink 182, Ooh. Newfound Glory. Like, you know, it, growing up, paying attention to music, being exposed to things, he just mm-hmm. didn't realize that the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, and, you know, there's a whole different thing than just what MTV to- called punk, you know? Oh, and this is the real damage that pop punk did in yeah. the 90s into the 2000s. Pop punk is pretty much um satan taking everything that real punk is uh, about flipping it and making lots of money off of it um pop, uh, pu- pop punk is pretty much like trying to call I'm trying <laughs> to think of the, the right way to say like a, a, a taylor swift song where she raps real hip-hop right that's in my mind anyway so i'm gonna leave it there because that's a whole i could go off on a tangent
2: it's okay
1: like yeah, it's we okay can like we yeah. can help you yeah, you well, know, like <laughs> Listen, I don't want to There's
2: I, a, there's a couple of good
1: Blink-182 songs. I understand. But Yeah, the, there's the, help out there. The, and the, r- you're listening the, to The it. Ramones probably wrote them. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is um this I really enjoy this Buzzcocks EP. I enjoy the Buzzcocks. I enjoy the damned. I could get into punk and new wave and we, like you said we could do a whole episode about this Uh, I could get into new wave bands I really enjoy too, man. But there's a lot to be garnered there if you haven't gone that route and you're into interesting, kind of groundbreaking music and extreme music, man. Um, you got to do yourself a favor and check out... Punk in general, if you haven't, especially if you're of the younger generation, and you grew up thinking that maybe like these Blink One Eighty Two and the, you know these type of bands were like you know real punk, and that's what people are talking. They were about. fun
0: songs, and no one blames anyone for getting into it when you're younger and stuff like that. But yeah, you like, learn stuff. Like I want to make a distinction though. It's that's not pop punk. That was just
2: popular punkish pop music. Pop punk is something else, like Green Day, right? Well, or... Pop punk, like like No It's Iron Sheik something a little bit different. Yeah, you know, that's... A, like, uh... We need like to save like this title conversation. Fight, like, title fight. stuff we, like that. We yeah, need like to save that conversation. God damn it, right. there are good pop-punk bands yeah. that, that know their roots, that aren't... that well, aren't, don't when, have uh, when videos I, on, the, on the television.
1: When I say pop-punk, I'm talking about bands that portrayed themselves visually as punk, use some of the same chords as punk, but pop, were part of punk. the pop-music... Industry, yeah, pop music, popular uh, yeah. punk. So I, that one we have to save because I agree with you 100. Yeah, just but, a, just
2: just a little
0: disclaimer over here. Just a little, but I gotta say, Will, awesome pick. Thank yes, you. Yeah, fantastic. So
1: let's leave it there because this I can tell already. There's gonna be a spirited discussion when we do the punk episode, mm-hmm. uh, which we, we're gonna have to at some point.
0: Okay, thanks for tuning into the Heavy Hole. I said a lot of
1: things tonight, so thanks. <laughs> but I learned a lot of things from the things that you said tonight. So. I yeah, also learned yeah. a lot. But. Yeah. So this is something that give us your feedback. Uh, you know, we want to continue to do this and explore a lot of different facets of heavy music and extreme music and underground music, like we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, not you know, not to get redundant. We've talked about that a lot. So give us your feedback on the social media. You know, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Check us out. Yeah. Uh, we got that email. It's Heavy Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Yep, that's the one. If you got a strong opinion, we left out your favorite breakcore artist. We, mm-hmm. we we skipped over something, we thought we knew something, but we didn't. Which yes.
0: I did, so I'm expecting yeah, the heavy hole is uh the heavy hole is an educational hole, but
2: it's well, also
1: an all-inclusive hole, right? Yeah. So give us a call. What's and the what
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Where, where, where are we gonna call? Why don't you call us at 631-837-3274?
2: Tom, the music is too loud in my headphones. What's that number again? That
0: number is 631-837-3274. Ah, I
1: got it. All right, operators standing by and so thank you Tom for uh, educating us tonight I like you know like I said I learned a lot man we have uh, different music to explore I hope the listeners mm-hmm. had their notepad and pen ready and uh, we're gonna continue to bring you more episodes like this right yeah
2: absolutely all right absolutely drive right. safe out there
1: and uh, it's getting cold so class dismissed don't forget your lunchbox really like the end
2: I, get? I only want to